Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of bringing back Sim and Sonia from Girls That Invest for a second time around. I'm very excited to have them on and today we're going to talk about their experience with a low buy year and I guess a little bit about how I've gone with mine so far too, which will be quite an interesting chat. But yeah, before we get into it, hello Sim and Sonia, how are you? Welcome back. Hello, thank you for having us. Hi again. Thank you for having us. I'm just going to repeat everything Sim says. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the um the quality banter and potential little arguments we have throughout this. That's what it we bring. Be, yeah, it wouldn't be a Sim and Sonia collaboration if there wasn't a little bit of bicker. So <laughs> love this opportunity. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about your low buy year experience maybe Sonia do you want to start us off um with I guess why you decided to do a low buy year and when you when you did it yeah sure so I did a low buy year all of 2021 and the reason I did it is because honestly I kind of like looked around my room and just looked at all the crap that I had lying around and I didn't really know what I valued and at that point I had like a savings plan and I was investing but then I guess the rest of the money that I had in my bank account every time I got paid I wasn't spending my money on things that were purposeful or meaningful and I just had so much clutter around me I think I got a bit overwhelmed Um, so decided to just go down like a research rabbit hole on people doing um, no buy years, which is a little bit different to a low buy. So a no buy year is that you're completely restricting yourself and all you're spending your money on is the necessities and your bills that you need to pay to survive. Whereas a low buy year, I feel like you've got a little bit more, I guess, freedom to make up the rules for yourself and still splurge on things here and there while also like the majority of your spending is going into um, just stuff that you need. Yeah, I decided to commit for a full year. I'm not doing one this year. (laughs) I feel like, um, yeah, I've got got a few things to talk about with the year that I've had. Exciting. Okay, cool. So uh, you saying you're not doing one this year is an indication of how last year went? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, with the year that I've lined up, because I'm planning to go overseas for a bit as well, I was just trying to be realistic with myself with Mm. uh, if I could commit to a low buy and I don't want to set myself up for failure with the plans that I have this year. So nothing juicy. I'm still making good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Fair enough too. And Sim, what about you? How was your kind of experience? Yeah, so with my experience, I did a low buy year in 2020 um, and that was the year I started working full time and it was the year where I 
I had what I like to call like big girl money, you know, like a, a paycheck coming in that was larger than I'd ever seen before during my mm. part-time jobs. Um, and so I said to myself, like, I really want to be responsible with this. Um, and I would kind of discovered the FIRE community, financial independence, retire early community. And, you know, there were stories of people saving upwards of like 70%, 80% of their um, take home income. And so that was, I guess, a huge motivator for me. And so I gave it a go. It worked out really well. As you may remember, 2020 was the year of COVID. Um, so you didn't really get to go out as much or travel. So that kind of made that side of it easier. But it was also the year that the stock market dropped. And I had put a lot of my money into the market, um, you know, early on when that drop happened. So it was a good low buy year. Um, 2021 was the year I bought my home and I started off doing a low buy year then. But then, you know, when you buy a house, that's what, 50 grand towards the, the mortgage, um, which you're slowly paying off every week. And then you've got to furnish it and renovate it if you're buying a do up. So it wasn't the most cheapest year of mine. I would probably say, if anything, it was the most expensive year. But this year, I am trying to, I guess, mesh my two years together, you know, last year and the year before, and have a low buy year of certain things, but mm. also leave other things open. So leaving open the idea of it's okay to spend money on traveling, but day to day with clothes, with eating out, I want to restrict that a little bit more because I definitely let loose by the end of 2021. I love that. I think that something I really enjoy about a low buy year and the concept of it is that it can be extremely flexible uh, and you can make up your own rules and you can essentially decide I'm going to have a low buy year for either my entire life and my entire financial life or just areas of it. And you can kind of make that work for you, which I guess you should when it comes to your personal finances. You want to work out what's going to work uh, best for you. And Sonia, what would you say was the best and the worst thing that about your low buy year, whether it was something that came as a result of it or just something you experienced going through it and managing it? The best part of the low buy year would have to be just realizing that I don't value clothes and like makeup as much as I thought that I did because if, if I went mm. through my bank statements in 2020 um I would just buy clothes like randomly like every fortnight when I got paid I'm like why not you know just buy a dress from Glassons um or you know just new makeup that I never used and so it really did hash out what I like to spend my money on and what I can just like not purchase um because I'm not really into makeup and stuff either and it made me realize that I do I don't mind spending a pretty penny on books um or stationery because they're things that I really enjoy um yeah. or tech um the worst thing I know I think I got a lot of flack from like my co-workers and friends because obviously everyone knew that I was doing it but if I bought a coffee they'd be like Sonia what are you doing? That's that's five dollars there. And I think eventually it got to a point where they were like, nah, you you value your coffees. And so mm. I stopped getting roasted. Even Sim, you know, you would think as your best friend you'd be supportive and stuff, but Yeah, where's the support? 
Wait, why am I being dragged? <laughs> it was the lack of support that I remember from Sim. That's my worst. Um, that was the worst thing to have come from the low by year, actually, if you want to keep that in there. Um, <laughs> but also, wait, you didn't say why you were going to do a low by. Me? Yeah. Yeah. So my reasoning for doing a low by year was because, and I guess quite similar to you in a way Sonia like just trying to work out what it is I did and didn't value like I felt like I was trying to Mm. in air quotes keep up with the Joneses quite a lot and it was like I needed this new item of clothing or this new thing to feel like I was I guess connected to the rest of the people in my generation and like I felt like I was keeping up with everyone and then I just started to get really overwhelmed that I wasn't And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I hate putting so much pressure on myself all the time. I need to change. And so that's why I wanted to have a bit more of a structure in place where it was kind of more of a challenge style approach to it. Because for me, I felt that that would work quite well. I like that. I find that when you gamify anything and make it a challenge, like you end up finding more and more creative ways to do things. Like I remember being like, okay, I spent $80 on groceries this week. Can I drop it down to 70? And then the next week, can I drop it down to 65? Okay, that's Mm -hmm. not doable. Let's bring it up a little bit. Like it's so fun. Yeah, I quite enjoy that side of it too. Did you find something that made you feel restricted at all? I would say that my biggest spending is definitely eating out like I love eating out I love the experience of it I hate cooking um you know it goes hand in hand so that part was hard like you know when you come home after a long day of work the last thing you want to do is spend an hour cooking um when you could just order uber eats so that's probably what I found the hardest but Mm. after a while you know I found a way to say well look I enjoy it. It's something I look forward to. Let's budget $25 a week to eat out on a Friday night just to get through the week. (laughs) Yeah, I have, like, I used to have a, and this was a part of my rules for my no buy year, I had, like, an obsession with Uber Eats because I would always tell myself, my time is so much more valuable than, like, the money I'm going to spend on this meal in comparison to cooking it myself. Like, I'd always be like, the five minutes I'll get back is so much value, more valuable. And that's how I'd justify it. And so then I had to, you know, put in kind of the – well, it sounds restrictive calling them rules, but because I was kind of gamif- gamifying it and, and challenging myself, it didn't feel necessarily as restrictive. Um But yeah, it was funny because I made this commitment to doing a low buy year and then I decided three weeks later I was going to move out of home for the first time, like not really understanding the expense that was going to come with that. And so now I'm kind of like, hmm, might need to readjust my expectations. Yeah, honestly, like um, I'm the same in terms of like eating out and that experience. And so my rules were... I could eat out, but it needs to be like with a group of friends and it needs to be for like a particular reason, not um, just like a Friday yes. night out, which was me every Friday because we worked in town um, back when we mm. could go into the office. Um, and like I live at home and I was still spending so much money like in restaurants and bars and stuff. And I'm like, who do I think I am? You know? <laughs> 
That was one of my ones too. Like I said, if I'm going to eat out, it has to be with someone else. Like I have to be experiencing that with another person Mm. to catch up with them or for a particular reason. Do you find yourself like creating loopholes with this? Because I remember when coffee, I couldn't make an (laughs) exception for coffee and um, it had to be with friends. So I'd be like, hey guys, does anyone (laughs) want to go get coffee? Hi, it's 10 a.m. We're on break. Like we should definitely go down to Mojo and get a coffee. Um, Did you find yourself doing that? Yeah, I'd say I definitely did before I moved out. Like I was, you know, say like I was trying to make all these plans but then now because I've kind of just fallen into a low buy year by default because I can't really stretch my income out any further than what it already is um so that's been like an interesting experience as well Sim for you what would you say was like something you learned throughout the process whether it was a positive thing or maybe not so good I realized that something that was quite important to me um, showed through a lot more easily by doing a low by year and the things that weren't so important to me um, came through as well and including things that I didn't expect like I really thought I was a huge coffee addict and I thought that that was a really big part of my personality and that I always needed to buy a coffee Um, and then just during my low by year I realized you know like I've gone a week I've gone a month I've gone a couple of months without buying a coffee and I actually enjoy and am okay with instant coffee and I like the taste of it Sonia is not a huge fan of that part of what I do um but you know I I realized that it just didn't matter to me as much as I had always thought it had couldn't be me coffee (laughs) is still a part of my personality I feel like it always will be but it's interesting like you think that you value something and then you go a week a month without it and then you're like gosh I can really live without this thing you know Mm. yeah same with like buying clothes like I Mm. thought I loved shopping um for clothes for skincare you know makeup those are all things that you know bring used to bring me joy but I realized I was actually pretty fine without it and there were other things that I couldn't live without like I did enjoy my subscriptions to Netflix and to you know Spotify I really enjoyed eating out that was important to me and and still saving up for a holiday once a year if I could you know even if it was a small roadie with my friends that was still really important to me and I didn't you know necessarily realize that beforehand yeah, I definitely think when it comes to the things that, you know, you think you value and then and then you realize you don't. It's interesting how the phrase out of sight, out of mind really does apply to this as well. Like I find with me something I always will do if I am going through a period where I need to save a bit more for whatever reason, I'll curate my social media to reflect that. So, for example, I used to be obsessed with all those haul TikTokers that would just sit down and like, give you a haul of thousands of dollars worth of items like literally obsessed with those videos but I just had to like remove kind of that and brands from my view for a little bit so that it wasn't constantly in my head and I wasn't constantly being shown that I need this I need this I need this and for me Mm. I knew that I didn't have the self-control to like believe within myself that I didn't need it so I then had to go out and change that which I think was an important part of it. I think that's a super good point and a good learn as well because I feel like a lot of people focus on things that they can't control and I am an impulse spender like I Mm. 
if I see something that I like in my head, I will convince myself that I need it in like a minute and then go ahead and buy it. And that's why automation and um, like making my bank accounts invisible has saved my life. But with the social media things and the whole like TikTokers, like for me, I live through them. Like I love watching other people mm. spend their money, not me. Yes. So for me, it doesn't influence me to buy stuff, but it's like I'm kind of getting that kick for you. Yeah, totally. Achieving your retail therapy. I feel oh, that way about safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that way about um, like chef TikTokers that will make like or bakers that will just do cakes all day and like amazing food and stuff that I either don't have access to at that moment or whatever I'll just watch someone make a cake I literally love that stuff if you chose to do it again another low buy year what would you change about it this time do you think I would say that I would change how angry not angry that's a bit harsh how I guess like strict I was with myself because I would Mm. really beat myself up if I did you know, spend a little bit more. And I remember this was around sort of end of 2020. um, I was getting to the point where I was quite close to applying applying for a mortgage. And so that was kind of that three-month period where um, I knew the banks were going to look at my statements. And it got to the point where I was just like, oh my God, you know, like I can't buy plane tickets. What will the bank think? I can't um, like I got so upset about, you know, going to KFC, which is what, like $20, $30. Mm. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, my friends kind of had to shake me and be like, it is okay to spend a little bit of money. The banks are not going to look at you and be like, whoops, you know, no house for you. Like, how dare you spend a little bit of money here and there? Um, which is funny enough because now that's the case with the, the CCCFA rules, um, but it was just so unnecessarily stressful that I was putting on myself. And it's not like anyone else was telling me to not do this, or not do that. It was just very internal. Mm. What do you think that comes as a result of? Like, do you think that is how you've approached money for a lot of your life and putting that kind of pressure on? I think it's not just money. I think that's just my way of, I guess, dealing with things. Like I will put Mm. a lot of pressure on myself. So if you're kind of that person to begin with, if you do a low by year, it's very easy to fall into, you know, having high expectations when the truth is, you know, life happens. Sometimes you're going to have, you know, a car crash, for example, your tire might burst or, you know, your laptop dies and you're just going to have to, you know, fork out that money and replace it. And it's not always within your control and you just can't beat yourself up for those things. Mm. Yeah, totally. Sonia, what about yourself? Similar to Sim, I would say just giving myself more grace in terms of not being so ashamed when I do spend money, but also not being ashamed of what I do value. Because I think, you know, there's that ongoing like joke online or in the financial influencer world around like if you buy a coffee like you're never going to be able to get a mortgage or if you buy avocado and toast or xyz whereas I enjoy those things and I will spend money on them and like that's okay like what I value and want to spend money on like other people won't want to do that and yeah it's just like unnecessary guilt trips 
for like no reason you stress yourself out for no reason and I think there's a great piece that comes with just minding your own business um <laughs> like just separate yourself with from what other people are spending um like their money on and it's I think it's easier said than done, especially if you've got your entire social media giving you images thinking that you want the same thing, but you really don't. Yeah, I think that a part of that is that it's so important to recognize what it is you value, which like even you were saying, Sonia, you know, you didn't, you realized that you didn't actually value things like clothes and makeup as as much as you thought you did. And then it helped you to identify that, which going forward is probably going to mean you're habits or the way you spend money or the way you want to spend money is a lot clearer yeah I think I'm not doing a low buy year this year but last year has really helped me be conscious with my spending and even the things that I will be spending money on this year like it will still be aligned with my values Mm. so yeah I think I'll carry that with me for a while or forever probably what would you say to someone who is listening and wants to start a, no, a low buy year? Do you think there's a way to prepare yourself for doing that? Or how exactly would someone go about starting it, do you reckon? I find that it's really helpful to prepare beforehand. And the best way that I was able to do that is um, just by making a budget for the year. And if you're like, how on earth do you prepare a budget for a whole year? Like that's a very long time. If you go on the Payee website, so P-A-Y-E, I think it's .govt, um, they have a great online budget calculator, which already inputs kind of like the average amount of money you'd spend on food or the average amount of money you'd spend on fuel. Um, and so you mm. can mess around with the numbers and kind of go, well, you know, I'd only spend this much. I'll probably only spend this much. And it tells you by the end, okay, this is how much you're probably going to spend. And so if you write that down, like, for the year, for fuel, I'm going to spend this much. For groceries, I'm going to spend this much. And then you break that down into a weekly number. That way you get an idea of like, okay, this is how much I have allocated to myself. It's almost like a little pot. I've just got a pot for fuel. I've got a pot for, you know, skincare. That was one of my pots because that's something that is important to me. And when I fill up that pot, I'm done for that month or I'm done for that year. And so that way, you know exactly where you're putting your money and you also get to choose what you value. So for example, let's say coffee wasn't that important to me. I was able to move some of that coffee money away and put it into skincare because that's something that I do value. Mm, That's a really, really cool tool actually. And I think it helps even just the exercise of someone being able to go through and potentially think about what their expenses would be in line with what their income is, is really helpful to, I guess, confront in a way how much potentially you would spend on something that you don't realize at the time because it's just little amounts over time. Yes, it's so helpful. And like one of the, one of the, I guess, the traits that I've been able to take away from my low buy year is that I just genuinely don't have that desire you know you get that desire to spend money and you're just kind of, you kind of get an itch and you're like oh I just need to go to the mall and I just need to put in like ten dollars into something and feel that you know euphoria experience when you buy um something new I've been able to not need that anymore thanks to the low buy year and I think if someone's listening to this and they're like mm, you know it seems a little bit restrictive seems a little bit hard 
I, I totally recommend just try it for a month, you know, try it for half a year. You'll, you'll actually learn um, some really important life lessons, not just about how to spend money, but just about yourself. Mm, I reckon it's a really important point because I'm definitely the type of spender that is like once the floodgates are open, we are on the way downhill. Like I will just, <laughs> I will make one purchase. Same, I get yeah. It. <laughs> and it's all over. So <laughs> it's important, like what you were saying, it's important to develop that for sure. And Sonia, would you add anything to that, I guess, around how to potentially prepare or set yourself up? Mm-hmm. No, I think some, um, that's a really practical tool. I feel like I sound like a broken record with my tips, but honestly, I feel like I had such a successful year because I set out a goal and I established my why and went back to my why quite a bit when I found found myself like faltering um Mm. and yeah like yeah you need to analyze your spending and figure out what you're spending money on Um, but when you're figuring out your rules like it doesn't have to be so overwhelming like you don't have to commit to a year off the bat it can be any period that you want to like do it could be a week it could be a month um and if you've done that month and you're like oh I could keep going then continue I feel like when you start putting too much pressure on yourself that's when you're like yeah I'm just gonna blow all of this money and then continue um down that path if that makes sense and after that you've done that it's just um succession planning like what could help you mitigate spending so if you do need to meal prep or if you do need to tell all your friends so they can keep you accountable um if you do need to set up a social media page for your journey and you've got that for accountability you know I love what you said about coming back to your why I think ultimately doing that is always so key especially when it comes to money Mm -hmm. and when you say you you come back to your why what practically does that mean and how do you do that I'm a very visual person so I had my goal like on my phone and I think I don't know if Sim Sim I don't know if you've told you told me this but it's the idea of just waiting like 48 hours before you purchase something or before you want to buy something and after those two days or a certain amount of time frame has passed um, if you still want it and it aligns with your why and you're going back to your purpose then then you can purchase it Mm. do you remember was it you yes that was that was me (laughs) um I love that I I live by that even to this day like I do you remember when we were in Wellington and I was like I need to buy shoes and we walked in looked around and I was like cool I've decided what I like I'll I'll have a think about it and I'll come back to it and we were with another friend and your friend was just like wow that's just that's just something different (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think it's interesting because we were all in like different stages of life as well um my friend's still in uni and so I think he's still surrounded by people who um you know they're not making like full-time wages so their spending is a lot more different to to us I don't know why that is but it is (laughs) Oh, 100%. Like, us in university was a, a very different Terrible. story 
to, yeah. to who we are now. I think just it's so weird when you have more, you're almost like, oh, I've got to be more careful with this. Whereas if you get like $100 a week from your part-time job on a Saturday, you're like, this is all money to spend. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. Like, I wonder if it's because maybe you don't hold money as with as high of a value because you don't have as much of it. So it's not as if it's a big factor in well I mean it's a big factor in terms you'll be stressed out about it because you won't have as much of it but it's not like a huge part of your life potentially yeah I I agree I think with gamifying it as well like it becomes quite addicting to see your savings grow and to Mm. see you paying yourself first and making these good decisions it has a flow-on effect like bad decisions do like when you mentioned like if you start spending money it will just keep going I think it's the same when you start saving money and start making good decisions too. Yeah, I totally agree. And before I just remembered, Sonia, you said um, that you made your bank accounts invisible. What does that mean? Yes, um, I just feel like it's not necessary for me to see them. <laughs> so <Yeah>. when, <laughs> like when you go into your banking app, you know when you see how much money you have and you're like, oh yeah, I could totally get away with spending yeah. like $200. So Absolutely. you can actually um, ask your bank to make certain bank accounts um, like invisible on your online banking or your app and you have to call to be like, hey, how much money is is in this account where you have to call to move things over. And I feel like wow. for me, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do check it like once a quarter. That's how frequent I go through my finances, check my investing plan, check my savings and stuff. But um, mm. I, over the years, I feel like your discipline just – it's easier to be disciplined with your money, if that makes sense. I just wanted to add, Sonia was actually someone that taught me that, like, hide your bank accounts. When I was in university, Sonia was working, and so I would kind of watch what she did. And so when I started my journey, I made my um, home deposit bank account a completely separate account so I couldn't see it. And so that way it made my low buy year a lot easier because, you know, I didn't see that I had – 10000 20000 you know, $30,000 sitting somewhere um, as it was starting to save up, I would only see like the $50 I had in my account with my debit card. And I was like, well, I guess I can't spend it. I think even um, what you're saying, Sonia, about just reviewing your finances quarterly is a really good thing to mention to people because often I think people wonder well, how long, how often should I be checking my finances and reviewing my goals and that kind of thing and you're either doing it all the time or like once a year but I think once a quarter is a really nice in the middle yeah I just feel like I'm someone that gets overwhelmed really easily so I think once Mm -hmm. a quarter is I because I used to do it once a fortnight when I got paid and I was like no this is not working out for me and it just makes me feel super stressy and feel like that I'm not where I should be Um, and I kind of had to experiment with um, how frequently I did it and once a quarter worked out in a sense of one if I'm making mistakes or if I am not enjoying the performance of a particular stock for example I have I can jump in and like correct that error or you know, like life, mm. life happens, things change. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that frequency really works for me. 
I feel like with all things in life, with finance, low buy years and stuff, it's really just figuring out how you work as a person and tailoring your plan to that. And that takes time. Um, So I don't think, I think one of my tips as well, if you are looking to start a low buy year is giving yourself that grace that you will make mistakes and that's okay because you can learn from them. You know, it is one of those cliches of the personal finance world is that everyone's personal situation is going to be completely different. I think we both have it in our disclaimers, like that sentence. But it's so true and it's worth taking the time, whether it's, you know, you spend an afternoon thinking about it or you spend a year changing things up to find it out. It's worth spending the time to figure figure those things out. Well, thank you so much to both of you for jumping on again. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us again. Can't wait to be back on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We always love jumping on. It's such a fun conversation, like every single time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Just a quick disclaimer that The One Up Project is an educational platform that provides information that is general in nature. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information within this resource at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any decisions based on the information in this resource. I'm not a financial advisor and if you require expert advice, then please seek advice from a professional.